Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. So every ep- it seems like every episode we have some quote of Pierre Maguire and it's just <laughs> I was scrolling through Twitter and uh, someone I follow Ooh. had the clip of that and I'm like oh, it's just so Pierre Maguire <laughs> and you you were saying right I asked I'm like do you have anything new do you have any new quotes and then I think it was either the night or the night after. <laughs> the night after right away he's got something new <laughs> and you were telling me right before the podcast it sounds like <laughs> he's finally met an nhl player he's like hey it's ryan Callahan. <laughs> it sounds like a, yeah he sounds like a 10 year old kid who's like yeah he's gone to a, a rangers convention in 2013 and he finally saw his favorite player damn damn that's ryan Callahan. That must, like, like, if you think about it, Ryan Callahan is, like, the perfect player for Pierre Maguire. Like, he's American, he's gritty, and... Uh, oh, my God. Like, play for the New York Rangers, original 16. And he's got a good defensive game, unlike Brandon Saad. Very, very big part of that. I know. Nikita Zadorov is better, so obviously we won the trade. Oh, you're right, you're right. Nikita Zadorov, who, um, if you read our good friend Wally Maz's uh, article, uh, might actually be uh, a little underrated. I just have to plug him there. Uh, he's... Really looked into uh, Zadorov's statistics and his game tape and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so 
Oh yeah, no, I just thought that was really cool, and uh, I want to put that out there because we've uh, we rag on Zadorov a lot. Um, I think he's I, a scapegoat. He totally is. Yeah, and it it sucks because you know what, man? I I've said it before. I really want him to be good. I want him to be good as much as anybody else does. He was traded for my favorite player. Of course, I want him to be good. What your favorite player? No, that's that's just out of the blue, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, uh, so on, I also want to play this. Dark tunnel. Anyways. Uh, speaking of dark tunnels, I want to play this. You to be a part of such a wonderful song. Juicy, you want to say anything? No, thanks. That's Jay-Z laughing like Spongebob, by the way. Wait, just... play, wait, hold, play it again. I need to hear this again. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Such a wonderful song. Juicy, you want to say anything? No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it, infectious. It's just so funny because it's like Jay Z. It's just rapper, and then as soon as you hear him laugh, it's just, it sounds like SpongeBob. It's yeah, so yeah. Anyways, he's built a tough persona. He's not like this, you know, fun rapper or anything. You know, no. he's no Charles Gambino. <laughs> yeah, Jay fucking Z. That's great. Oh well, uh, do you uh, want to get into the mock traits? Oh hell yeah! Um, sure. So yeah, we haven't introduced ourselves. By the way, I'm Pierce. Um, oh really? Yeah, we haven't. Wow. And uh, this is my co-host Jimmy. And by the way, in the month of March, we had over a hundred plays <laughs> uh, combined for our podcast episodes, and uh, Which we're at five of our entire plays as a whole. Yeah, yeah. and we're at five hundred now. So, um, thank you everyone who's listening, and please continue to spread the word on this. Follow us on Twitter, and we want to get more involved with you guys. But uh, yeah. We need it so fucking badly. We are young college students with no identity, and we just need. Even, I'm not even in college ourselves. or anything. I'm just working at a hospital right now. Oh, okay. That's, that's yeah. really all I have, dude. Yeah. Well, it's not really. It's really. I mean, it benefits you, but it really benefits uh, us more. Um, I have to be completely honest about that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, go right ahead. You can do us a favor. You know, obviously. Maybe leave a review saying we're the best podcast ever. You know. Yes. Yeah, or the worst. I mean, or the worst. I mean, uh, all as they say, all publicity is good publicity. So yeah, um, right, let's fucking go five five one star reviews, baby. That's yeah. more reviews than we've had before. That's five more than I mean, last one, baby. If you think about it, five one star review equals five stars. Yo, holy shit! <laughs> you gotta look at the glass half full. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what's up. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did anyway. you want to? Do you want to touch on our Buffalo Sabers finally winning a game? Holy shit! Oh, the best. I think my favorite part about that um, was uh, the fact that the headline was Brandon Montour scores twice and Sabres win. And I go to watch the uh, highlights. He scored an empty netter and then scored a, a, a goal in garbage time at the end of the game. <laughs> they win the game, and yet there's something I look at and I'm like, wow, that is so fucking Buffalo. They beat the Flyers 6-1, by the way, the Flyers who... Uh, oh, my God. Holy smokes, man. Uh, I'm not too sure about them making the playoffs. I don't think they do. I think it's set in that division because I think it's the Islanders, Capitals, Penguins, and Bruins. And I don't think any other team makes it. And I will spoil one thing that is exactly where I do not think Ekholm will go to the Flyers. I don't think there's any push to be made there. I mean, I can also look back at the uh, standings just to uh, see. Yeah, Boston two games in hand with three points more. I don't see Boston falling back. That's a solid team with veterans. It's been there, you know. They've been there. They've won. But, you know, they they do have guys, Bergeron, Marshawn, guys like him, them, who, you know, they just kind of, we've seen, they just kind of run things. And this entire team is very well gelled, and 
They consistently make the playoffs and are a threat in the playoffs. I, I don't see them falling back. I really think the Flyers have – I think they're out of it. You know, I, I really think they're out of it. Also, Pittsburgh is – Pittsburgh has 50 points. Yeah, the they've been on – they have low-key been on fire. And they've they got don't some – They die. They do not die. No, they they're don't fired. die. As long as they as long as they have Crosby Malkin, they're always gonna make the playoffs. And they've got some really good goaltending too. There is one there's one clip, one line that lives in my head. And that oh God, I think it was back in twenty sixteen when we're talking about the uh we're talking about the uh you know, the cup champions, the Penguins. I think it was even before then. I think it was I'm talking in oh man, it could have been a twenty sixteen, seventeen season. They're like Wolverine. You know, you, you take one part off and it goes right back. You know, Mark Donk shows up, Buzz Flibbit, yeah. Connor Sherry, Ryan Rust, Zach Aston Reese. It, was it? God, who was it? Uh, Scott Wilson. Every time someone goes down, they have somebody else to come right up and they play well. It's almost, it almost feels infectious in Pittsburgh. It was like this before Mark Sullivan. So it's just kind Mark of. Sullivan, been, Mike Sullivan. <laughs> Mark Sullivan. Holy shit. That's almost I mean, as bad as being Capo Kapanen. We had, we had, you just had Mark Donk on the mind. That's why he, he said that. That is Sullivan. true. That is true. But, and he's also made, and they've also made uh, Cody Cece and Mike uh, Matheson, uh, NHL defenseman. That's right. Mike Matheson. Are they actually that. playing well? Yeah, from what I've seen. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. That. <laughs> There's something in the water in Pittsburgh, and I really want to drink it because clearly it's doing something well. It's unbelievable with the Penguins. We all counted them out. They lost. They got swept by the Montreal Canadiens. It was almost like Nashville Predators, Blackhawks style. I think yeah. well, no, I no, that's, no, that's, I, that's why that was going to happen. And the the moves they made, it was exactly what the the road they're going to go going down. But at, oh, at the same time, the as long as you thing, got Crosby Malkin, you're the good. The best thing is going to be when Jim Rutherford wins GM of the year because they did well. I cannot wait for that. Traded Patrick Hornquist for Mike Matheson. Traded. Oh, it's not decent, dude. Come on. Traded ca- traded for Casper Kapanen, giving up a first and his best, well, I believe, arguably best offensive prospect. Yeah, they, they give up a lot to get uh, Kapanen. And Kapanen, not a bad player. Not a player you give up a first and Philip Hollander for in the offseason. I wouldn't even do it at the trade deadline. I think it was like a top 15 pick, and they got Rodian and Mamiroff out of it. Toronto did, at least. Oh, yes. It was a pick right away. Yeah. 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 And it, no, Amirov's going to be good for a – oh, man. That's a player. Um, It's a good player. And the thing uh, for Pittsburgh is they traded their first-round pick uh, last year uh, to Minnesota, and that was the pick that they gave – that they, they held on to, but they gave it to Toronto. And they still don't have their first-round pick this year because Minnesota has it. But luckily for their sake, they're mm-hmm. actually winning games. So, they have um, a five-game winning streak, and I don't know their last ten. I doubt they lost five before. Like, <laughs> they're on a run. They're on they a are. run. I think ever since they hired Ron Hextall and uh, Brian Burke, they're like on fire. I don't know. I completely forgot about that. That might be mere coincidence. I'm pretty sure that's what it is because you just look at the pieces on that team. That that start was not sustainable. So, um, you, you know, you know what? The worst thing is that I completely forgot that Jim Rutherford was not their GM. <laughs> The Penguins have gone from, like, the team that lives in my head rent-free, admittedly can't stand them, to I just don't think about them anymore. I I do not think about that team. That's – man, that's fucking funny. 
Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm very happy. Is, for I don't Rutherford. I'm very happy for Jim Rutherford and the Penguins right now is on their hot winning streak. Oh, okay. Do you want to do you want to get into the uh, into the, that is uh, a perfect transition? Yes, let's get into it. Mock trades. You know, Jim Rutherford likes to make his crazy trades, so uh, why don't we make our crazy trades here? So, I've actually been looking forward to doing this for a while now, and this has kind of been uh, like uh, something I've had in my mind for like a while now. But there's ten days before the trade deadline, and uh, I came up with an idea of that we made a few mock trades, actually five, so it'll be ten in total, so I made five, Jimmy made five uh, mock trades, and now we're going to go through all of them, and uh, we're just going to talk about it, and uh, yeah, I think I think, I think think it's a lot of fun. I think it's you have a fun to rank them. You have to rank them, people, because yeah, you have to rank we them. have to see whether Americans or Canadians are the smarter hockey people at the moment, which we know it's America, they're on the rise, but, you know, we, we really have to drive this in, you know. Connor Bedard, like Connor bad you know fuck shane um, right more like shane shane ron am i right Shane wrong yeah exactly see you get it and you're canadian you understand thank you what if i've been just fucking with you this whole time and i actually live in the u.s or what have you been fucking with me and you live in canada what if it's like reverse yeah I, like know a little, I seem to know a little too much about winnipeg Ugh. yeah we're just catfishing Ooh, interesting so bitches anyways well, speaking of winnipeg Oh, I would that, start that, off because I, I said we want to get. I want you to get the last one here. So hey, well, perfect the transition. A banger, so yeah, this sense. one's not too. Uh, what's up? Oh, I said my last one's a banger, so I think it's a perfect note to end on. Oh, uh, yeah, I feel like my last one's pretty good too. So I think we'll awesome. And with a bang. Yeah, the bang for the buck, and it's free. Okay, so. My first one, I believe Winnipeg gets their defenseman, the defenseman I really think they need. And this has been talked about a little bit, but I really want to drive home how perfect I think this is for the Winnipeg Jets. Matias Ekholm for Vinny Hinola and a second-round pick. Granted, the Predators most likely won't be sellers in, you know, on April 12th. I highly doubt that, but you never know. And you know what, man? I, I just... Whether or not this can happen, I think it's a perfect trade. Vili Hinola, you know, I wouldn't. He's not at all the style of Ekholm. I think he has the smarts, absolutely. Um, not the big, you know, physical style to him, but I think he's a bit of a new generation uh, shutdown defenseman. So, I I see him as a if you're if you're Nashville, you're a franchise that is so good at developing defensive prospects. Why not go get a guy like Vili Hinola, who has all the potential in the world? And you know what? It's the trade deadline. You don't just give up one piece like that. We talked about it last podcast when you brought this up. You don't do those one-for-one trades prospect and roster player. So Winnipeg, you know, swing the deal with a second-round pick. With the guy like Hanola being as good as he is, I don't think he go up at first as well. So, uh, well, I mean, same GM that gave up uh, a first and a fourth, uh, you know, for uh, Ryan Hartman. But you know what? We live and learn. So uh, I would, I, I think it's going to be Vili Hanola in a second. Or I shouldn't say I think. But I, it'll happen, but I think it would be perfect if it did happen. So that is my first trade. Interesting. That just that just makes so much sense. It does. But, That's exactly. <laughs> because and uh, to to even add to your like add to your argument like to your trade, uh, Nathan Bull to Add to your point. Uh, to, yeah, to add to your point, to piggyback <laughs> off, off your idea, Nathan Bull is out for the year. I'm pretty sure for them. I just yes, it's and, perfect. 
they need a left-handed defenseman to fill that uh, gap, and I think Matias I come through that. I don't know much about. Is Nathan Bull you good now? No, I don't. I don't That's think what I thought. Good. Okay, so not but, only you're replacing a cog with a much shinier piece, so and. Yeah. And yeah, it 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 would if you're Winnipeg, it kind of hurts to give up Vinny Hainola, but Matthias Ekholm is a damn good defenseman. He probably is the best defenseman on that team. Plus, you got another year with him, I believe, at like three point seven five mil, so it's totally worth it. And who knows in that division, they could make a run at it, man. So oh, absolutely, they have the offensive prowess to do it. Now you just you know get your defenseman. Uh, uh, Matthias Ekholm is a guy who can play on a first pairing. That is a damn good defenseman. That is one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. Very Nicholas Jalmerson type. Oh, man, wouldn't you kill to see Josh Morrissey and Matias Ekholm on the same? Oh, my God, man. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see Winnipeg make a move like that because they can definitely make a run. They got a great forward core, great goaltender. Their defense is a little bit weak, but uh, adding Matias Ekholm to that would... Definitely help that. So, um, on the topic of trading defensemen, and you brought up the fact that there's never going to be one-for-one trades. Most of my trades are one-for-one trades. Go ahead. But uh, my first one, so Eric Ekblad is out for the Florida Panthers. Oh, okay. I know with these trades, we could go uh, David Savard for like a second-round pick, blah, blah, blah. But I wanted to make trades with kind of more long-term effects. So, my first trade is... Noah Hennepin from Calgary to Florida for Grigory Denisenko. No and way. Ooh. So, Florida, they, I think their forward core is great. Um, obviously, Hirudo Barkov. Uh, you got Carter Verhage emerging as one of the best uh, five-on-five goal scorers in the NHL. You just drafted Anton Liddell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, they, it just seems like... They got a lot of forwards going. They do have two great defensemen with Uyghur and Ekblad, but to me it kind of drops off a bit after oh, after that, and plus mm-hmm. Ekblad's out. So I think Noah Hennepin makes perfect sense going after. Um, he has four years left at 4.95 mil, so that's very good uh, contract. It's not like they're taking on too much term and too much money. Um, he's not doesn't have the most points. He only has uh, 11 points, 37 games, but uh, his possession driving numbers are great. 52.5% Corsi, 55.8 expected goals for, and a 57.3 high danger chances for. Cool, percentage. He's got a lot of blue on his graphs? Yeah, he, he, uh, he blue, he's blue. Dabba, dabba, dabba. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but on, on a not very good, Cal, very good Calgary team, the fact that he has those numbers... Um, I think that could be good for Florida, not just this that's year. Really, but going, yeah, that's really good. But I'll going forward, that. you know, you could have Uyghur and Ekblad as your pair, and then you could have Anafin playing second pairing minutes, or you can switch it around. You know, it it just gives them more options on the blue line. And uh, I can't to the think, point where we're playing hockey, where hockey is sports to the point where you have an, you have a fucking iPad on the bench, right? And as soon as your player's course, he goes red, you just whip that guy off the ice. Ah, no, 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 no. Get him out there. Like, Get, hit Gustav Forsling on the ice. Let's go. What if just like your jerseys just started glowing blue when you're like in the offensive zone taking shots and then as soon as you're in the defensive zone just getting like destroyed it just turn on red. like a red light like a, an alarm like a police yeah. car at the top of their helmet. So oh, bad player, he's a bad player. Get him off. Yeah. <laughs> and the player going back is Grigory Denisenko. Now I don't know if uh, Florida would necessarily do this again. This is why it's hypothetical NHL trades, but. Again, I meant I brought up the fact that they have uh, Huberto, Barkov, Verhagi's emerging. Um, they have Frank Fichano. They have Anton Lindell in the system, so they do have oh, some. Very, very. Yeah, and uh, 
Calgary, it just seems like they need more high end talent. Like it, like they have Matthew Kachuk, they have Johnny Gaudreau, but like, and even Elias Lindholm. But after that, it just seems like they're lacking it. And I think Grigory Denisenko could be perfect uh, for that. Um, three goals, and he has three goals and one assist in five games with the Syracuse Crunch in the AHL, which is not bad for someone who just signed their ESL. And by the way, he, that's a cheap uh, ELC that Calgary can play him on. So. That's my first trade, uh, Noah Hannafin for Grigory Denisenko. I tried to go as outside the box as I could with these trades and take more long-term as opposed to uh, Dennis, uh, David Savard for like a second-round pick or whatever, you know? Yeah. But, uh, let's hear your second trade. Yeah, yeah, no one will ever do that. Um, uh, let us see. Well, let me see. Fuck. All right, so one here... Uh, I was feeling really corny, so I said shy in the NYI get creative because I'm a goddamn poet, apparently. Oh. I'm sorry, I just can't help that. Got um, Shakespeare out here. I, grew well, up I, I actually am. A, I am, a, I believe uh, he is in the same uh, astrology mix as I have. So, uh, wow, that means you're, you're obviously the same person. <laughs> Anyways... Um, this one involves uh, our Blackhawks. Um, Matthias Janmark has been rumored to go to the New York Islanders a little bit. So uh, that I believe that was rumored. I don't remember there being much more to it and many more details. So for me, I like to add a little bit and get a little creative, you know, as we do here on this podcast, the great uh, PJ's cast. And so my trade would be Matias Yanmark to the New York Islanders for Leo Komarov, Nathan Bavillier, and a 2021 first. Anthony Bavillier, right? Oh, God. Is it Anthony Bavillier? <laughs> yes, it's Anthony Bavillier. Oh, thank God. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not good with names. Is that the new podcast name for today, Nathan Bavillier? With a, with a, with apologies with apologies, po- apologies to Anthony Bavillier. That's Did I say Nathan yeah, it's Nathan. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm over the podcast. I can't do it, man. Just cool. uh, yeah. Well, hey, man. You know what? There's plenty of people out there. You know what? Uh, you know what? Shit. My my niece did a pretty good job. I mean, I could uh, I could get her a spot here for you. Dude, me. I think I think your I think your line in life is just poetry, obviously, because uh, you're in the same uh, astrology mix as William Shakespeare. So I think you should go do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, was probably like the, that was like the famous last words well you know i i got this little thing connected to shakespeare anyways yeah. nathan bovillier of the new york islanders nathan bovillier but i i think that it's perfect for the new york islanders because the guy like you know nathan bovillier is he's underperforming at the moment you're not getting much out of him and year in year out it's been kind of a, a question of you know is he going to take that next step and personally i think this is a perfect perfect trade for each side Leo Komarov's contract is a burden for them right now. It's in the way of them getting a rental. Wait, hang on. Are you saying that the Lou Lamorello team signed a bad contract to a bottom six player? Wow. Yeah, it's a bit of shocker, right? Yeah, we've we've never seen that before. You know, or or third pairing defenseman to seven years at four million. Paying, I think, two seconds for Andy, a thirty-eight year old Andy Green or something like that. Yeah. And Matias Janmark <laughs> is perfect for Barry Trotz. Perfect. You get a guy who has enough speed to play with a guy like Barzell and a guy who can play, and we saw it in Dallas, can be an excellent defensive forward when needed to be. So I think he's perfect for Barry Trotz's system. You have a guy like Anthony Bavillier, sorry, Nathan Bavillier, um, that I don't, I, he's he seems perfect for Carlton's system. Yeah, speed guy, full of skill, 
from what I know, he's not the best defensively. I don't think he fits Barry Trotz's system whatsoever. I think this is a guy who would fit perfectly in Chicago. So I don't know if I'm Stan Bowman, I'm trying to get my hands on Anthony Bavillia when his stock is low. And while the Isles want to make a run, you get Kamarov off the books, you trade, you give him, you know, you get, you give him Kamarov, you give him a first for it. You give him Bavillier to sweeten it up and you get Matias Janmark. You could argue that New York should give up a little bit more, but with the cap space that Chicago has, it probably won't be as much of a deal for them to take Komarov. But you do get a roster player with plenty of potential and a first-round pick. I think that's – for a guy that you signed for one year, for a guy you got for the money you gave him, that is found money if they can make a trade like this happen. I really think Anthony Bavilli is going to be a hawk by April 12th. I really do. Damn, speak that into existence, King. I just but... really do. There's just a gut feeling. It seems, dude, Sam Bowman in Reclamation Projects. Anthony Bovillier is primed for that. So, Peugeot, they traded for Peugeot last year. I think they gave up the first and a bunch of seconds. And he signed a long-term contract there. I don't think Yanomark's going to get the, the same contract. Move that, move. Yeah. That, that and Andy Green, dude. They gave up – how many second-round picks did they give up? I'm sorry. Oh, man. I feel like I they have, gave up I three. Have to drop on this point because we need to look into this. I think he gave up multiple firsts. Or yeah, one. I think he gave up one first and then three seconds, something like that. Jesus Christ. But even though he might not get the same contract as uh, Peugeot, do you think Yanmark could be like a person who stays there for a few years in, in oh, uh, New York? If, as long as Barry Trotz is there, you, he wants a guy like Matias Janmark. Like I said, I think he is perfect for Barry Trotz's system. Perfect to play alongside uh, a guy like Barzell. It's funny because I look at Barry Trotz and I'm like, man, you know, that's a guy who knows how to run a system. And he, you know, he, he finds players that work that system. And the guy who gives them to him is throwing away everything in the kitchen sink to get them. It's incredible to me. I just, oh man, it's it's one of those calls where I imagine, you know, New York, you know, gives the Devils a call and whoever the fuck the Devils GM is, God, if I know, picks up the phone, he's like, hey, you know, something uh, Fitzgerald, I can't remember the first. Yeah, time. you know, man, oh yeah, well, you've been getting offered fourths all around, man. At this point, I'd say a third is probably the best. One. Second, second round pick. Uh, I okay, yep, two, two. I swear, I got two, two. Final offer, please. Okay, Andy Green's a New, uh, a New York Islander. <laughs> It's it's like that thing from SpongeBob where it's like uh, you get you get you get three wishes and it's like five and then he's like four and it's like three take it or leave it that's like <laughs> yes oh man um except that's twenty yourself off yeah oh let's see. I don't need to get up a hefty price for Andy Green with a second round pick. One second round pick. I thought it was two. I swore it was two. But either way, you should not be paying that for Andy no, Green. No, you shouldn't. The biggest question with Pajot trade with Pajot trade was would they be able to resign him? Currently having his best season in the IHL, the Islanders dealt a first round pick and second round pick and a first round pick and second round pick in 2020, as well as a conditional third round pick in 2022 if the Islanders family cup. A first and a second isn't too bad. I mean, that's kind of a deadline. It's kind of a deadline move. I, if I was a fan, I'd prefer they trade a roster player with that first round pick. But I mean, uh, still, I wouldn't give up that much, and I would not give up a second round pick for Andy Green. No, Good Lord. I think he scored a goal from him in that last uh, playoff run they had. So you know what? It, it, it's exactly it's worth a second round pick. How long is that second round pick going to take to make the NHL? Exactly. So yeah, um, I mean, Carter Hart, but you know whatever. 
I mean, he hasn't been great, but you know, that's a oh, yeah, that's a whole different podcast. We, we already we already brought them up earlier, but uh, yeah. On to my next trade, also involving the Chicago Blackhawks, because obviously uh, being uh, Blackhawks fans, we couldn't go the whole uh, show without bringing up at least one Blackhawks trade. Um, so my trade is Dylan Strom to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for Caleb Jones. Wow, outside the box for real. I know. I I did I I did a lot of research with this. So the Edmonton Oilers, they need to make a run with it. They need to make a run with uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid. And if they're going to make a run for it, this is their best year. Because in that Canadian division, there's no favorites at all. And uh, why not add to your center depths? Um, Dylan Strom, he has two years left at three points. Uh, or no, $3 million. And uh, it's not like it's it's super expensive for the Oilers. Wow. And uh, they, they, need, they need depth. You can, like, if you're Edmonton, you can load up that first line, put uh, dry saddle with McDavid, then you can run uh, Nuge on your second line, and then maybe Strom on your third line. Um, there's a bit of familiar, familiarity with uh, Dylan Strom and someone like Connor McDavid, his former Erie Otters teammate, so that's kind of where I made that connection there. But uh, he's been struggling this year. Seven goals, four assists in 26 games, albeit he did just have a new daughter. and uh, Scored two goals? Had, Dan yeah, Power. he did. And Dan Power, yeah, and had some injuries, so... It, it, it's tough, man, especially in the pandemic, having all that, all things considered, you can kind of understand why he's maybe a bit slumping in this year, but uh, um, I don't know. I It just seems, when you look in the long-term picture of things, it just seems like Dylan Strom really doesn't have a place, which sucks because I was really excited when they brought him aboard and Alex Debrinkit's really good buddies with him, but when you look at the long-term picture of things, uh, you someone like Alex Debrinkit is best fit with Kirby Duck, and Jonathan Taves, God, I hope he stays healthy. I think he will. He'll be the second-line center, but... Then you got a bunch of guys kind of in the system like Philip Kershev who can kind of take that third line center role. I don't know. I just don't see him as a third line center role. He's playing center over there overseas. I mean, that's a, for me. I feel like that's kind of a sign, you know, that they yeah. they really have different players. You know, uh, they have different. They have well, they have guys that they see can take that place in the future. The place that Dylan Strom's been at. So, I mean, to your point, I, I think that uh, yeah. I think it's, it seems that they've already kind of planned for life uh, without him. And another thing is, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a UFA at the end of this year. If worst-case scenario for them, he walks. Dylan Strom can be the second-line center for only $3 million. Ryan Nugent Hopkins to the Blackhawks, question mark? I mean, I mean, why not? Am I right? Yeah. Um, so Caleb Jones from the Blackhawks end of things. The Oilers actually have a lot of defensive depth. I believe I brought this up last uh, podcast episode where I was kind of like Taylor Hall for Caleb Jones kind of deal would make sense. And uh, Caleb Jones does make a lot of sense for the Blackhawks because um, they need some left-handed defensive depth. Obviously, you got your right side set with Adam Bofist and Ian Mitchell, but you you have Nicholas Boda and you have Wyatt Kalanuck. But uh, I think you should add some more defensive depth to that. Uh, Caleb Jones... Even though he only has one assist in 17 games, just looking at that from from that perspective, you're, you're thinking, and that's not really nothing special. But then you look at his advanced stats, 53 uh, Corsi 4 percentage, 56.3 expected goals, 4 percentage, and a 51.3 high danger chances, 4 percentage. And he's also signed for two years at $850,000. Now, here's Are something. Are these charts and graphs blue? Oh, yeah. he's Dude, he's all blue. Good. Yeah. Nice. And, and Strom, he's red. Like, I, I want to go through Strom's stats. They're not good. 43.8 Corsi, 4%. Oh, 
Though his expected goals and uh, high danger chances for are a bit better. 48.3 expected goals for the percentage and a 49.5 high danger chances for. Don't worry, they're only just under average. Right? And also take into consideration that the Blackhawks, like, advanced oh, yeah. are awful this year. <laughs> like, they're bottom well, five. Yeah, you know what? Mm, yeah, there's almost like this. It's like a weighted GPA, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to look at it with the situation. But, uh, yeah, I... So here's another thing that we have to take into consideration, though, with is the expansion draft. So I also took that into consideration while doing these trades. So the first trade I had, Noah Hannafin, Grigory Denisenko. If you're Florida, you protect your three defensemen with Hannafin, Weir, and Ekblad, and you're good. And Denisenko is uh, not eligible for it, for the expansion draft. And then you go on to Dylan Strom for Caleb Jones. Um, Oilers will have to protect Dylan Strom if they do get him, which I don't think will be a big deal because really outside of uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid for forwards, I mean, who else is there of significance to protect? Like, I think yeah. Yamamoto and Pugliavri, but, like, you could add Dylan Strom to that. Oh, yeah. And Caleb Jones is interesting from Chicago if they were going to go through the uh, the expansion draft because he is eligible for it. And, like, if I'm Seattle and he stays in Edmonton and they don't protect him, that's, that's, like, that's like a prime candidate that they go after. And kind of like a kind of like as a person who could play in their top four, um, but if I'm Chicago, I protect him as alongside of your three defensemen. Keith and Seabrook are already protected, but uh, I protect Caleb Jones. The rest of their young defensemen are protected, and you leave guys like Zadorov, uh, Murphy, and Dahan exposed. And like really, like if like if worse comes to worse and Connor Murphy gets claimed or whatever. You know, it, you're you're gonna lose someone in the expansion draft, but uh, yeah, but uh, getting a young defensive <laughs> yeah, the haunt too, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my second trade, and that's my only Blackhawks trade though. But um, yeah, to your next trade. Uh, and this is a nothing personal with the Han. I really, they got he's got to be the one. They uh, there's no way they don't see this too. Stan Bowman can be an idiot, but he's not completely an idiot. So I I I'm sure that he sees. He's an idiot, but he's not stupid. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> an idiot, but I'm not stupid. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to pop up my third. And uh, this one is a little bit of a – it's a lighter move, um, a little a bit of a future. Move. I see uh, Casey Middlestat returning to his roots in Minnesota. I see Casey Middlestat going to Minnesota for a third-round pick. And we talked about him last mm-hmm. podcast. We talked about him for a long time, you know. The fact that he will inevitably inevitably be traded for Patrick Kane in a uh, first one round, one. yeah, one or one for one or one for one, yeah. you know, as Dan Bowman likes to do and break my heart with. Um, but oh, I, but we get Yoko Haru back though. <laughs> <laughs> You're really the nerve right now, buddy. <laughs> You're really getting on my nerves right now. <laughs> but, uh, but um, but I <laughs> I do see um. I, I just it makes too much sense. Like the Wild are finally getting this offensive prowess from guys like Kaprizov. Zuccarello's playing well. Kaprizov's throwing pucks off of Nick Bukestad into the net. Joel Eriksson Ek is finding his game. I really think that a guy like Middlestead, I really think that you finally put him on a team that has a direction, that actually has a, a system. You put him on a team that's not Buffalo. A team that's not Buffalo. Yeah, a team that's an, a, a team that is an NHL team. Yeah, and it changes scenery. He was born in Minnesota, correctly? Correct? Yeah, I, I very least played like high school hockey. Yeah, there, he so. played for the Minnesota. That was what I thought of. Played, co- uh, oh sorry, <clears throat> Pierre Maguire. He played college hockey for the Minnesota Gophers. 
played fantastic in the USA World Junior Championship. I, I've had the privilege of watching him since this young man was 16, and I got him to watch him at the World Junior Championships in the outside rink in Buffalo. Man, he's a good player. Dude, see where you fucked up is that you didn't say since 12 years old. Um, oh, yeah. You're right. right. Yeah. I might even be too kind. Like, this is Tyler Ennis' basement. He used to shoot pucks down here. I don't know how I got in here. Don't ask. <laughs> you remember uh, that tweet from like 2011? I think it was it was this guy, and it's like Trevor Zegers. Watch out for this guy. He's going to be oh goodness. That's Pierre yeah. McGuire. How is that, that not Pierre McGuire on his Blackberry? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Pierre Maguire knows what how to use a cell phone? <laughs> Pierre Maguire is like really really smart with his like yeah really smart with his cell phone and he has like multiple burners and he sees all of this shit. Uh, he probably hey, listens to this podcast. No, but in reality, he is not a work of cell phone. No, he doesn't. He has a picture. Does he have like a picture of himself with Crosby in the, in the on his on his shelf? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it. the picture he has on his uh in, in the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Oh yeah, he probably does have a picture. I of forget him. what the picture was, but there's a picture on his on his wall. It's fucking hilarious. Um, but no, I I mean this one's a bit of a it's a simple trade. There's not really too much to say about it. You know, Buffalo gets a future. Casey Middlestack goes to a place where I I personally think he could thrive. Again, a system like I I come back to it. The Blackhawks are a great place to go if you're a young player trying to develop. It's like they rehab, really kind of. They're like a good rehab place for they're really the rebuilding phase, and you get a young guy and you see what you got. Hey, you want to be part of this future? Well, let's see what you got. Dylan Strom was sort of part of it, and he's just not necessarily worked out. You might still get something for him. He has a decent resume. You can kind of, you know, you can kind of throw that around. But you know, look at a guy like Yanmark. He has a rebound season, you know, and he's gonna have high trade value. He's gonna go to a contender most likely. Um, I mean. I don't know, Nicholas Bodan, look at how well he's improved. Look at how much he's just jumped right ahead. And Boakfist, you know, a guy who definitely wasn't going to be easy to uh, to develop his flourishing with Carlton. And again, I, I, I'll rag on Carlton's defensive system all day. Oh, what it's awful. Brass has done with the young players is unbelievable. Like, they've done a fantastic job. I have zero complaints about it. None. So, yeah. I'm always going to go, hey, there's a young guy who needs a renaissance tour in Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or the Maple Leafs. What they're doing with Galchenyuk is pretty great. Like, it's – the Maple Leafs are the only team with Galchenyuk that use their brains that went, hey, this guy's struggling at the top level. Why don't we just, like, ease him in? Hmm? Why don't we just, like, ease him in? Yeah, what if we put him in the AHL and we give him time and, we yeah, we ease him in – and now he's playing with Jonathan Tavares, and he had two assists in one of his first games. Like that's not that's not coincidence. They did the right thing. And I, like, other teams need to keep going with this. You can give conditioning stints to forwards just because they're not very good. It's okay to do that. People are afraid to put older players in the AHL. Like Galchenyuk's like what twenty seven, twenty eight. I'm sure that that's. I, I would guess that's part of it. He's a you know a veteran. He's been around. I get that. But he went third overall in two thousand twelve. Yeah. But you and they're I, I man, if Galchenyuk finds his game, I'm gonna be so happy. I love Alex Galchenyuk, and I was I just kind of stopped like watching as I'm like, you know what, man, he's he's just kind of done. When he went to Pittsburgh and then Ottawa and Carolina, I'm like, yeah, this dude, there's nothing there. But and we we said it, we talked about the eager Korshkov trade. We're like, yeah, this is a complete loss for uh, Toronto. But hey, a, a few weeks later, look at this. But I'm also pretty sure if they we said if they somehow turn Galchenyuk into anything, like that's good for them. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like they might be. 
sort of a, I mean, it could be a Richard Ponick situation, but I hope it's not. Galchenyuk is well, much more skilled and uh, hopefully uh, at this point, much more disciplined. But uh, anyways, uh, after this completely unrelated segment we just talked about, uh, I'd like to hear your third trade, Mr. Pierce Stevenson. All right. So my third trade is another. I have a question. You may, yeah. Do you, okay, do you pronounce your last name Stevenson? No, it's Stevenson. No, you're Canadian. How do you do that? Stephenson. Stephenson? Stephenson? No. It's just, it's just Stevenson. <laughs> like, like Chandler Stevenson, you know? Well, Chandler Stephenson. Like Matheson. Matheson. Yeah, Matheson. Anyways. Yeah, you're, you're Pierce, Pierce Stephenson. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my second or my third trade here is uh, what you may view as a Joe Sackick, another Joe Sackick fleecing, oh, but kind of makes sense for both teams. That, so that, I have Jake. That's how that works. <laughs> I don't think it's a second trade because works for both teams is not really in his repertoire. Hang on, hang on. But just just hear me out here. So Jake DeBrusque <laughs> to Colorado for Ryan Graves, one for one. That's a great now, trade. That's a so, great Um Jake DeBrusque, he's a damn good player, but he is just having a really off year. Only three goals and four assists in 21 games. Like, all the possession numbers he has are good. He's a good defensive player. The puck just can't go in the back of the net for him because he's he's only shooting at 7%. But you look at Boston, they, they've had this revolving door of defensemen like try to replace what uh, Tori Krug has done, Zidane Charo has done. Like they have Matt Grizzlick, but he's been injured, and they just had like a bunch of young defensemen. I think getting someone like Ryan Graves in there to stabilize your top four, um, I think that would be beneficial to the uh, Boston Bruins. They do save a bit of, of money. I think they save like five hundred thousand dollars, but they do take on an extra year of term. Um, Colorado, I mean, why the hell not take a shot at another? Uh, a good forward, you know, you can never have too much forward depth. I mean, you look what happened to them last year. They were only one goal away from going to the conference final, missing half their team. If they have a, if they have a Jake DeBrus type of player in that game, maybe they win the game. So, no why the, stand that much depth? Yeah, and you just look at Colorado; they're just so damn good. And like getting rid of Ryan Graves, you look at their left-handed defenseman. You got Devin Taves. Um, you have uh, Samuel Girardi of Bowen Byron, which just where does Ryan Graves fit? So, hey, that Kale McCarr guy exists, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they have Connor Timmins in the minors, and it's just I I hate that franchise. Passion, yeah. <laughs> like it's just everything, man. It's evil, and I love Nathan McKinnon. That's the worst part. I fucking uh, love Nathan McKinnon. I mean, they're they're like no need short King Sam Girard. What a beauty. It's just like, damn you! I hate you so much, but I have so much respect for you. You know? It's, oh it's, yeah! Oh yeah! Is. But okay. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm at first, I'm like Jake DeBrusk to fall hey. out of. That's a win, like but Ryan Graves. Sorry. Not like St. Louis. Not like St. Louis, but Ryan Graves in Boston does make a lot of sense. But yeah, that's my third trade. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, here, my the last two I have are pretty big trades, so I want to hear yours. I, what was my fourth trade? Not my last one. I forget my fourth. Uh, we sort of, sort of talked about this. Eh, I don't know. I got, I got a little – I just felt like I had to make this one. I like it too much, and it makes so much sense. So my point is that fuck your Dylan Strom trade. I'm about to blow your socks off, boy. Bro, bro, I, I better hitch them up as high as I can. You, you better. You better – yeah, you better pick yourself up by the bootstraps and not let go because Taylor Hall is going back to Edmonton, baby. Raphael Lavoie and a third-round pick. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Why, why, don't, why not do both? Why can't Edmonton do both? You know what? That's interesting. Would they be able to cap space? They That's... probably would. I mean, <laughs> see, this is where this is where a team like Chicago comes in again. Retain uh, some of his salary, maybe get like a mid-round draft pick or something. Oh, maybe. take Hall. Yeah. Look at you. Look at the big brain on Pierce. I know. I know. Big brain on Pierce today. I know. See, I did my research, man. man I'm, yeah. I'm, I was. I've, I've been ready for this. You've been ready. Yeah. I'm built for this. This is me. all right. Breaking news. What? The Blackhawks have acquired, get this, Vinny Henestrosa from the Panthers in exchange for Brad Morrison. This just broke. This is this real? Yep. No way, my boy Vinny! Look at this. Oh, let's I don't know go. if you can see it all, but our boy Ben let's Pope broke it. That's my well, first notification. It's going to be an audio podcast anyway, so I mean. You know, yeah. <laughs> but at, at least you, but you can check it. it, it Dude, oh... Has that happened? Oh, have we ever had a, tr- a tree break mid podcast? I don't think we have. No, well, I mean, either way, I'm at. Dude, I love Vinistroza, man. That's awesome. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Isn't that that's a really Chicago move? Just taking a chance on a guy coming back, but like that's a good trade from taking a, a chance on Vinistroza again. Like, what has Brad Morrison done? Sorry. Oh, that's fun. Hey, only mama for Vinny Vinistroza, yo. Yeah. Dude, no, no. Mata for Morrison and then Oh, Morrison. oh, okay. I'm like I'm like, what? What? Okay, oh, I get it. That's that's not bad. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that happened. Well, now I can finally revive Vinny Hinny time, baby. Vinny Hinny time. Hell yeah. Vinny Hinny time. Because he just was not getting from what I saw, he was not getting time enough. I'm just being honest, I don't understand. Like I mean, I love Bill Zito, but that's kind of a trade that I I mean, I guess it works for both sides, but Hinestroza is a better player than Brad Morrison. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I mean. Well, yeah. Oh, while, we're, while, we're, while we're on the topic Black of trades. Dan Bowman owning GM of the year, Bill Zito, because he's a better GM? What? Bro, it's, it's because he got hired a GM of uh, the US Olympic team. He's got that confidence now. Yo, yeah. Attaboy. Uh, how, 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 how excited are, are you for Stan Bowman to screw up a very good USA team by adding Luke Glendening to it? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bowman <laughs> would not do that. No. Did you, did you see that? Did you see that thing? I think it was uh oh, I forget. It was like Eddie Olchek or something doing his Olympic projection team, and you had like Luke Glendening as a thirteenth forward. Oh, I love Eddie Olchek, but holy shit! <laughs> but he wins face-offs. Yeah, that, dude, that's true. Like, you know, I wonder if Glendening would be good on a good not not, like a, not on an Olympic team, but like on a good NHL team. Apparently, he's like. In top ten on like the trade bait, the TSN trade bait board. Apparently, Edmonton really wants him. Wasn't Glenn Denning top ten in trade bait last year and the year before that? Yeah, he's he's always he's like always one of those guys. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is with uh, the thing is with Edmonton, it's Ken Holland. The, the he's got that connection with Luke Glenn Denning. So yeah, of course. Um. So sorry, what did you you said? Uh, Taylor Hall for Lavoie and a third. Oh. Right? Because I, I completely got sidetracked. Yo, Taylor Hall coming to the Blackhawks? Oh, that would be pretty epic. Anyways, um, no, I mean, I, I think that Raphael Lavoie is a guy I was very high on in the draft. And, uh, you know, I look at it this way, right? Taylor Hall, all-star forward, not playing like an all-star in the team he's on at the moment, obviously. because no, he's not an all-star. He's Taylor Hall player. is just like Strom. He, I mean, they do need center depth. But a guy like Taylor Hall on offense in general is ex- just – that's what you need, man. That's the kind of guy who takes you over the top. Hopefully you get a guy of Strom's level for your center depth, but 
this is the kind of guy you need. Maybe you can roll McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge as your one, two, three in centers and throw Hall in one of their wings. Maybe you can do that. But either way, if Taylor fucking Hall is available and he is, and he's wanting to go back to Edmonton. And I imagine he's available for not much. I mean, I think Raphael Lavoie maybe is a bit of an overpay. I don't know if Edmonton's going to get him. If you're going to have Lavoie in a third, I think that's a fair deal, dude. I do. There's just me who's super. I'm just super high on Lavoie, so it's more me. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a good trade for both teams, honestly. Well, the, like well, the both the trades that we came up with, basically, we we want Edmonton to go for it, man. Like if it's if there's a year to go for it, go for it. Like for any team in that Canadian division, maybe not Montreal, but like if you're Toronto, Winnipeg, or Edmonton, dude, go for it, man, because you don't know what can happen. Just give yourself the best chance to win. Anyways, um, on to my fourth trade. This is where we start getting uh, huge here. So uh, you told me to hold on to my socks. You need to hold on to your socks. Now listen oh, to this. Boy. So, well, you know what I've got? I, today I wore the knee highs. So. Good, good, good thing, man. Good thing, man. Good, man. All right. So Carolina has been mentioned as yeah, one, of a t- one of the teams that might be making a blockbuster, and it just seems like they might want to make a blockbuster. So Carolina acquires Philip Forsberg from Nashville in exchange for Seth Jarvis, Jake Bean, and a 2021 first-round pick. Now, this is my oh. only trade where I have well, – that is not one for one, where I've had added pieces. But it's just – man, look at Carolina. They're so well-built. It's just crazy. Um, like their four core is crazy. Their defensive core is crazy. Their goaltending now they got a goalie with uh, Nadelkovic, so they could go for it, man. I mean, really, the only team that's standing in their way in that division in my mind is uh, Tampa Bay. But uh, who knows? Like, give yourself again, give yourself the best chance to win. Philip Forsberg. Not only do you have him this year, but you have him next year. He's having a pretty good year on Nashville. Twenty nine points, thirty four games. His uh, advanced stats are good. And obviously, to get up a player of that caliber, you're going to have to give something up. Um, Seth Jarvis, I think Nashville would view him as a good piece. He had he had 11 points in nine games with just Chicago Wolves in the AHL. Uh, seven of them were goals. You got Jake Bean, a former first-round pick defenseman who I feel like Nashville could develop into like a decent top-four defenseman. Oh, he has uh, one goal. Interesting. Yeah, he has one goal, 11 assists in 25 games, and... Uh, and has a positive uh, off, uh, possession stats, also an RFA this this offseason. So I imagine they could probably get him to a cheap deal. So, And they get a first-round pick. So I think that's a fair trade for both teams because I think Philip Forsberg is just that good of a player. Then Nashville gets Jarvis Bean. You get like Jarvis Bean and a first-round pick back. But if you're Carolina, you get, two, you, get the, you get this half. You get a playoff run with Forsberg, but then you get another four-year with him. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Carolina, it just seems like it makes sense for them to make a swing for it, and uh, if they're going to do it, I think Forsberg could be their guy. I don't know. Even if they have to give up Jarvis and Bean, you just look at their their prospects and their forwards. It's like, okay, we got rid of Seth Jarvis, but we still have a young Marty Nietzsche. We still have Andre Sveshnikov. We have a young Sebastian Ajo. And it's like, okay, we gave up Jake Bean, but uh, now we have... (laughs) We we still have Jacob Slavin locked up forever on our blue line. We have... uh, Brett Pesci, we have Hayden Fleury. It's just, sort of a, and then you you go through their prospects. They have like Ryan Suzuki and Dominic Bach, who are both first, former first. It's just ridiculous how much depth they have in that organization. So I think that now is the time for them to make a swing for it. And even if it like doesn't work out this year, they still have Forsberg next year. So yeah, 
good. Yeah, like it doesn't hurt them that much. Very 2010s Blackhawks trade. You can give up some riches, but you still have a gluttony more. Exactly, dude. Like they're just so well built. In Philip Forsberg, that would be fantastic. So my last trade is uh, well, a little uh, well, I feel a little insecure now because uh, at the beginning of the podcast, someone said that uh, you know, ah, we're not gonna do you know like Savard to Florida and stuff like that. (laughs) I'm sitting here like, oh man, (laughs) we're not. <laughs> oh boy. Now but, let's hear, let's hear, let's hear. <laughs> no, but, uh, I'll make mine a little bit more interesting. Uh I have just Dennis Dennis, Dennis Savard. I'm gonna lose my No, name. I'm pretty sure I said that earlier too, don't worry. <laughs> the better Savard, the only Savard I see. Uh David Savard to Florida. He's the only piece going from Columbus. It's going to be for I believe Brady Keeper is his name. A young person from Florida? No, I meant like like just like a rental strip for a draft pick. That's that's cool. Oh yeah, oh those are lame and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like young players for draft picks. Is like my I love that. Like you know, like a fourth round pick flyer. Here's your guy and go crazy. But uh, yeah, Brady Keeper. And here's where it gets interesting to make cap space. I don't think they need to because if you know, like they've played so many games, they're only owed so much. But to make space, make a little bit more space, and I I could see Bill Zito pulling this off. Package Boy. Anton Strollman and a 2021 first as well. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so this is this is just this is between Florida and Columbus, right? Absolutely. So, so, have- so it would be David Savard to Florida for uh, Brady Anton Sh- yeah. for Brady Keeper Anton Strollman a first. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I I like it a lot because I think that with with, with Columbus, oh man, sorry. Uh, with Columbus, you you get a young guy in Brady Keeper who maybe he's not going to be anything great, but personally I like his game a bit. I think you're getting a nice little again. I'm not diving on the rough, but a decent player. I think a very the, deep... uh, John Tortorella can mold him into something if he's still there. Knows what he's doing with defenseman. I I could yeah I could definitely see that. Uh, and Anton Strawman, you know, it, come on, John Tortorella would love a guy like Anton Strawman. You know, oh, yeah. old guy gets in the corners, but uh, but Kekalina is not an idiot. He's not just going to take on Strawman. You give him a yeah. first to make sure you can get him over there. And you know what? You're making the playoffs. You're one of the best teams in the entire NHL. You don't need to worry about giving up a first round pick. And, yeah. and you're getting David Savard, who's a fantastic defensive defenseman. So maybe Ekblad won't be there, but you at least have a guy there. You know, David Savard to kind of hold down the fort a bit. Yeah, Hopefully. see, I like how we're on the same wavelengths with trading a defenseman to Florida, getting the defensive help. I really like that Hannafin one. I, Calgary's a pretty man. If you're buying, you're calling Calgary and Buffalo just nonstop. Those are the two teams I'm calling if I'm any contender right now. You know, I'm also looking at Philadelphia. Hmm. Oh, yeah. No, they went from buyers to sellers real yeah. quick. Real hmm. quick. All right. Well, you know what? All right. This here, is the grand. This here, is the grand here we go. Here we go. I'm holding on to my PJs. Here's. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally. Did I'm you at, say holding on to your PJs? I'm literally sitting. I'm actually wearing pajama pants right dude, now. That's actually perfect, dude. I love that. PJs in the PJs cast. Oh my god, yeah, dude. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah. The grand finale. Yeah. Get ready for this. Ross Mustalian to Los oh. Angeles for. Oh my god, no. Or. Quentin Byfield. No fucking way. You yep. really? Wow. Yeah, I did it. I did it. One for one. Wow. Cool. I'm just bad like that, you know? I'm just wild like that. Have Bob, have Bob McKenzie tweeted out again. Just the trade is one for one, and that's it. Wow. So, wow. Los Angeles has a ton of center depth. 
and they really don't have a number one defenseman. And Buffalo is an absolute shit show, so why not uh, take a chance on Rasmus Dahlin? Why not? Oh my god! So I think his price is lower than Quinton Byfield, but I also want to see that. Yeah, badly. So, um. Only two goals, 10 assists in 36 games, but again, that's Buffalo. And you actually look at his advanced stats, it's not as horrible as you think it would be. It's not good, but it's not well, horrible. Compare it to Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Relative to yeah. Buffalo. Like, I didn't do the the Corsi for relative and all that stuff, but like 48.7% Corsi, um, 47.8 expected goals, 4 percentage, and a 48% uh, high danger chances for. He's an RFA this offseason. I imagine you could probably get him, not for super expensive, considering that he's had some a couple of rough years. But uh, Buffalo, you just need to do anything, really. Like, And if you can get a center of the quality of Quentin Byfield, who won't even really need to be a first-line center if you're still keeping Jack Eichel. So, and you're thinking, well, what happens to their defensive core? Well, chances are if they're going to finish dead last, I'm pretty sure Like, I bet money that they, they stay in last place. And you look at this draft, there's a ton of defensemen. They could pick one of them, and there you go. There's your defenseman of the future. So catch up to the Red Wings. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with your uh, your take there. Wow. But uh, yeah, that's what? my that's my last trade. In my in a perfect world, the Hawks trade a guy like Nicholas Bodan, and well, I love him to death. But you trade Nicholas Bodan and some uh, some other some other. Oh, if I'm any team, I ask. Like, what do you want oh, for yeah. Do you have, like, any trade or two that you were, like, thinking of and just canned it? Yeah, I was thinking of something. I don't so I, I Like, I was thinking about adding a couple more trades. I'm like, I think five is good. Like, five each for both of us. I was thinking something about, like, I was thinking of uh, Travis Konechny to Calgary for Rasmus Anderson. That's what I was Ooh, thinking. Ooh, no, that is... I like that a lot. Because you get you get a right-handed defenseman to play alongside of Ivan Provorov, and if you're Calgary um, and you want to play Daryl Sutter style, you keep Matthew Kachuk and you keep Travis Konechny. You put him on the same line and annoy the hell out of everyone. He's an ass. Oh, yeah. but I love like, Travis Konechny, and I could buy a beautiful Calgary Flames Konechny jersey. Yes, please. So that was one of the trades I was thinking, and I this is kind of a bad trade. It was just like kind of me like floating something around. I put a, out a Dominic Kubalik for Connor Garland in Arizona. I don't know. It was just it was just me thinking, but I don't know. I don't know I if that Dominic Kubalik, but I don't hate that trade either. Yeah, but that's that's uh, that's what uh, that's that's what else I was thinking. But like, I, I won't trade. Um, it was actually when you said your last one. I'm like, okay, well, I, I want to talk about this and hear what else you had to say. Maybe some other ideas because I really want to. I, I, I want to see, and I could see it being possible, Iserman finding the new replacement for his old teammate, Nicholas Lidstrom, in Rath. Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. He was said to be the Nick, next, next Nick Lidstrom in a lot of ways. and Everyone was saying like he's Nick Lidstrom and Victor Hammond combined. That's what they were saying at the draft. I still think it's possible. But were they... Oh, definitely. As long as he's not in Buffalo, he's going to be like a, a franchise defenseman. Yeah, I could see him being that. And I think that, you know what, it's crazy to say, man, if they if he goes to Detroit and they fire Jeff Blaschel, I have hope. Yeah. If he goes to the Blackhawks, we all win. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. The rest of the league will be so happy. The Blackhawks. Yeah, the Blackhawks finally getting something good. The Blackhawks, someone <laughs> finally helping out Stan Bowman. Yes. Yeah. Maybe next week. Boston will win its sports championship. Who knows? It's only Maybe. been like what a year since they have. Oh God! <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, 
Anyways. How are they surviving out there? I don't know. I don't know, dude. I think it's something like if you're born in 2002 in Boston, like every year you have at least one championship, something like that. It's crazy. It's ridiculous, like how spoiled Boston fans are. Fucking Patriots. Yeah, and Bruins, how they they disrespect to Grask like that. And the Red Sox, fucking ending their curse. Jesus, and the Celtics doing some things too. Oh my god, they're they're spoiled. They're they're spoiled. Tiny bit, anyways. Tiny bit, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, I don't know. I'm just happy Vinny's back, baby. Hell yeah. All, like, honestly, I'm just really Vinny. happy. I love Vinny Hindustrosa. I don't know. I know. It's, it's weird that we had a trade break uh, mid-show while we were talking about hypothetical hypothetical trades. Oh, uh, You know what? Now we all have to do is get John Hayden, Nick Schmaltz, and Ryan Hartman, and the future will be set in stone. Oh, yeah. I just want to bring this up. This is from Mark Lazarus. Former Blackhawks reacquired by Stan Bowman. Brian Campbell, Daniel <coughs> Carcillo, Adam Clendenning, Vinny Hinestroza, Nikolai Habibulin, Marcus Kruger, Andrew Ladd, Jeremy Morin, Johnny Oduya, Brandon Peary, Brandon Sod, Patrick Sharp, Andrew Shaw, Christopher Stieg, and Braskets twice. And who twice? Christopher Stieg. Yes. <laughs> We're bringing the boys back together, baby. We're going back. <laughs> We're going back. We're going back to the promised land. Let's go. Yeah. So there's one more thing I wanted to bring up. Do you did you see the whole thing with Carter Hart and that, that Philadelphia reporter? I don't even remember his well, name. We talked it's about this a little bit last time, actually. I think we did, did we? Yeah, I think we said. Uh, I think we. Uh, I think we mentioned just how it was really shitty. You know, journalism. That was really fucked up. We were talking about, but uh, I'll take your word for it. What's up? I said I don't remember talking about it, but I'll take your no, word I think for we, it. Well, like it was in my head, but I know either way. Yeah, we talked about heart, but yeah, that was horrible. That was I've not seen that happen before. Quite honestly, that was horrific. You know what Carter Hart needs to do if he interview ever interviews him, like gets a question from him, he needs to do the Austin Matthews where it's like, oh, frankly, blank, blank, blank. I'm kind of disappointed that I'm getting a question from you right now. Remember that? Oh, that was, was it Steve Simmons. Yeah, when Steve Simmons disclosed that, disclosed that he had uh, COVID nineteen, like anything like involving physical health or mental health, you do not uh, share that information, even if you do know it, because that shit yeah. is confidential. You should look for it, and you should not share it if you are, even if you are shitty enough to look for it. Yeah, or if they like, if they're like, you trust them or give them that information, where it's like, okay, yes, I have this, but please don't share it, and you do it, you're also a shitty person, so just don't be an asshole. Like, it's it's not that hard, man. Greatest motto ever. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Um, don't be an asshole, yeah. Unless you have to go to therapy and fix yourself. And they cost a lot of money. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's it for today's podcast. Um, We're not going to talk about the Blackhawks, because I thought, coming in this podcast, I'm like, hey, we're doing... I'm having a good day. Yeah. Did I talk about the Blackhawks? No, not Thank at all. I was I was like happy coming to this podcast, and uh, you were happy out I'm of like, it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and and you're like, should we talk about the Blackhawks? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like the Jonah Hill girl from like going like this. I saw your face, your whole mood. Is, eh, no. no, yeah. And I don't really think so, man. <laughs> no, I think I think we're good, but. The trade deadline is only 10 days away, and uh, I'm going to tease this again, but we do have a very special guest coming on with, hopefully within the next week, if not after the trade deadline. We just got to still figure things out. He's a busy man. Don't want to say who it is, because I really want to, like, 
keep it under the wraps, but it's a very special uh, a person within within the hockey industry. It could definitely give us a lot of insight on the trade deadline. So, uh, yeah. So, if you guys enjoy this, I, I'm looking forward to you guys leaving us uh, one-star reviews saying that our trade proposals are terrible. Yes! Oh, I want all. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Thank you everyone for tuning in. Hope you all are staying safe, staying indoors when you can, uh, wearing masks, social distancing, washing your hands, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time.